tuned to the Mean Green Show. Welcome to the Mean Green Show. All right, all right. What's up? What's up, good people? Talk to your boy. Hope all is well. Happy New Year to everybody, man. I hope I'm catching you at a great time. Um, for everybody that's going to be tuning in and watching this live, I'm super excited to be able to connect with all of you. This is going to be probably a, man, a 45-minute podcast because I need time to really reflect on the year. For those that are tuning in for the very first time, you have no idea what's going on. For the last couple of weeks on my Facebook personal page, I've been asking, what questions would you like me to answer, whether it was personal, business, mean green, you call it. When it comes to 2021, um, what question would you like me to ask or answer, I should say? And today I'm going to be able to dive in into that. I'm not really a person that studies content and then have to answer the question. I rather read it from Facebook or here on YouTube and then answer it. So for those that are here, I see my girl Jen is already on. What's up, Coach Jen? Uh, Happy New Year to you. Coach Jen actually gave me some really, Jen, you asked some really tough questions, dude. And it wasn't that they're hard to answer. You just, when I glanced and looked at them when you first wrote them, I was like, wow, I'm going to have to think about this. So if for those, obviously some of you are going to be hearing the audio version of this podcast, but for those that are on live or watching this visual later, if I start looking to the right side of my brain, my eyes go up, I'm just thinking and trying to process as fast as I can because I know you guys are going to be waiting on an answer. But um, for everybody that's on, on the live chat on YouTube, all you have to do is comment down below. If you have any questions, I already have a set of questions that I'm about to go through on my Facebook page. But if you have any questions that you would like for me to answer, I would love to do so because what I'm learning in life, the same question that you have may be the same answer that somebody else needs. So please, you will not hurt my feelings by any means, whether it's questions you may see that you want to know from a man perspective or Maybe as a father, maybe as a husband, maybe as an entrepreneur, whatever it may be. I would love <clears throat> to be able to uh, connect with you guys. Um, Allie, happy new year to you as well. All right. So before I go into these questions, I want to talk a little bit about what I'm grateful for. I love this time of the year. I Literally, I get goosebumps because it gives me the opportunity to really reflect the four different seasons that we had. And things that I did well and how I'm about to do it again, but even better and things that I didn't do well. And do I want to try it again? And if so, how can I get better at it? That's like Chris Green one-on-one. That's what I do every day, right? Is those categories that I just mentioned. So right now I do want to say that I'm extremely grateful for my health. I know we can talk about thoughts and emotions and and materialistic things, but number one, I am so grateful for my health. I am so grateful for my family and my friends' health. It's a beautiful thing to be able to wake up and have great health. And that's for me in the fitness space, that's what I strive to do is to empower people to stay healthy or fight for the health. And I'm extremely grateful for it. For my family and for my friends, I love you. I love you. I love you. I think a couple <clears throat> a couple years ago, I think 2017, 2018, I started committing to telling people I love them all the time. And as a guy, especially the way that 
I brought I was brought up in the neighborhood that I was brought up in. We didn't walk around as guys telling everybody that we loved them. And uh, it puts me in an uncomfortable position. But now, man, I've really been embodying that and just telling people that I love them. So to all my family and friends, I love you and I'm extremely grateful for you for my opportunity to be a part of the fitness community in Houston. Thank you. I am so grateful to be a voice, to be a movement and to be a part of a team that is fearless when it comes to making people and making people healthier, stronger and willing to empower. No matter what our personal route or personal current state may be, the Mean Green team is just unbelievable with the effort that they put forth. So I definitely wanted to say that. Kathy, what's up? Good to see you as well. So let's go ahead and dive into it. Um, I'm gonna go in the order that I received them on Facebook. So if you do follow me on Facebook and you see these questions, I'm gonna go in the order that I received them and it will be so cool. I know on YouTube, you can't tag anybody, but if you're on Facebook or I don't know, maybe Instagram or you have somebody's personal number and you see that I'm answering their question or I happen to mention their name today because I'm name dropping. I'm, I'm just name dropping. Um, I would love for you guys to let them know that we're talking about them. So that would be cool. All right. So let's go ahead and go into the first question as I pull it up. Um, I'm not going to say who asked the questions. You know who asked the questions if you asked it or if you follow on Facebook. But the first question that I have is um, what was your biggest lesson you learned in 2021 this one i'm all over the place because there's so many lessons right it's easy for us to reflect on december because it's current but if i go all the way back to january man starting from the first of january there's a lot that i've learned today i'm gonna answer this question about some business I guess, business perspective and as, as well as personal. But to answer your question, um, hmm. I'll start with business. I think the biggest thing I've learned in business with our current Mean Green team and also relationships that we've developed with other resources outside of Mean Green to empower each other I think the biggest thing that I've learned was never judge people based upon their potential, but to always judge people based upon their current effort. I think that's personal, too, because Chris, I'm not saying mean green as a team, but Chris, as a person, I try my best to see the best out of everybody. Right. You tell me. You tell me your dreams and your ambitions and I, I start calculating and I start just seeing the vision and your, the perspective of you getting it done. And sometimes I operate based upon your potential versus what you're putting forth when we talk about effort. That has been the biggest, I think, lesson that I've learned. To give you a great example, I'm going to name drop. Here goes name drop number one, Jared Garcia. All right. For those that know Jared, go ahead and tag him on Facebook or Instagram. Call him Instagram and tell him I brought his name up and I'm about to talk about him. So Jared was an interesting case. I've known Jared for years. Jared um, 
I met Milton, excuse me, I know Milton because he's my brother, but I met Jared through Milton because they lived on the same street. Um, I knew his mother. Um, as Jared matured and got older, Jared played collegiate football. He graduated, came back to Houston. And because of his athletic background, as he was looking for an opportunity to play professional football, it was an easy fit for us. Someone that just wanted to be passionate but need a place to train. We were able to give him an opportunity to train and help us out while he was preparing himself to play pro football. I was able to train him personally to get him some strength and conditioning so he'd be prepared, be prepared to do what he needs to do. Long story short, Jared plays some semi-pro football, decides he goes into grad assistant, gets his master's, he's doing his thing. After a year of kind of, I guess, contemplating coming back or deciding to stay there, he calls me. And this is about around the new year. Yeah, around the new year. Chris, I think about coming home to Houston or I'm thinking about staying where I'm currently at. And we went through the X's and O's on each way. And I told him he's going to be successful in each platform that he chooses, but both will take a lot of hard work. Jared decides to make the commitment. He comes to Houston and I see the potential in Jared. He has the look. He has the wisdom. He has the passion. I've seen all these great things that he mentioned, and I've seen it manifesting for him. I Look, I, I saw it before he did it, right? And in the past, I have made mistakes where I would give people certain things or give them certain resources before they made the work, before they made the effort. And this is one lesson that I really conquered this year was in the past, I would have gave Jared X amount of dollars per class or I would have gave him all these opportunities. But I told Jared that he was going to have to work for it. And goodness, you've seen the work that he plays for us now. He ended up by, I think, six, seven months later earning the boot camp director position. Um, took over boot camps, growing boot camps. Now he's in a leadership role in boot camps. He's doing great. Um, making the cash flow that he probably didn't imagine he can make. But now we're getting to that place and beyond. And it all took place because I believe that there was one principle that I learned. Never judge and give people things off of their potential, but off of their current effort. That's something that I've really struggled with. And sometimes it worked out, but man, majority of the time when I did that, it did not work out. So I think that was a great question, but I think personal and business, um, giving people what they need at that moment off of the effort based upon their energy, their consistency, not off of their potential. That's huge for me. Um, I would say another thing. I actually did a podcast or not a podcast. I did a 60 day. Uh, I'm a part of a 60 day challenge and I did a nutrition thing for food yesterday. And the word I use quite a bit was the word practical. I think one of the things that I have to really declare right now, one of my biggest lessons is, is making practical, practical decisions that make sense. Right. I really do a great job in my personal life business. When it makes sense, I do it. But when it don't make sense, I don't do it. I really do a great job with that. My biggest lesson or one of my lessons that I learned this year, I know better when I encourage family and friends or when I consult other business owners that are in the gym space or boot camp space. 
I always tell them never make decisions based upon emotions. Never. It just it never turns out right. Right. Like if I make a decision between Tina and I, if we get in an argument right before I get on the podcast and I decide to make the decision of our relationship based upon an emotional disagreement, I'm probably not going to make the best choice for us. But if I look back and see the X's and O's and lines up the pros and the cons and I really process the argument and the relationship. And the dynamic of our whole life, then I'm probably going to make a better decision. Now, me and Tina did not get into it before I started this podcast. I'm just using that as an example. But what I did once this year, I really made a decision based upon my emotion. There was an emotional attachment to it. And I know better, but still, I made an emotional decision because I wanted the best. And it didn't turn out the way that I wanted it now again. That was a learning lesson for me, and I think it was really, really good for me. Um, I think another thing, too, it's a really good question. Um, when you talk about your biggest lessons, I learned to make more memories this year. That was like a big lesson for me. Make more memories. This, As we celebrate our new year and as we're finishing up you know, the Christmas season, um, I really try to go over and beyond to do things in my family that we can reflect on decades from now. So I did the family portrait, right? I tried to get the family together. Now, somebody, some, I'm a cuss when I say this, some jackass, well, some people don't think that's a cuss word, but some jackass broke into my father's wife's car while we were taking pictures. Like, why would you do that? So kind of put some salt in the game, but Again, <laughs> either way you look at it, I guess it is a memory that we'll be able to reflect on years from now or taking my kids to go look at, I don't know what they called it, all the Christmas lights, having a karaoke night. I dressed up as the Grinch this year and my whole philosophy was to make memories this year because when I look back 20 years from now, I remember and my kids will remember me dressing up as a Grinch or the songs or the corniness that we had when we made our music and we had to sing to it those are memories that we made but if we just sat in the house for a week or two playing playstation and watching netflix we're not going to remember that so i've learned and i just used the christmas season for an example but all throughout the year i tried my best to really make memories because i i want to i want to live a life of passion and fulfillment and i really believe that your life should be based upon memories. You, you're creating this big photo album. And if you don't have no photo albums or photos in your album to capture your life, what, are you, what did you do? Right. So that was one of my biggest uh, life learned lessons that I've learned. So great question. I'm going to move on to the next one. For my YouTubers that are on this thing with me live, go ahead and comment below. I'm going off my Facebook questions. But I'm answering questions about 2021 as I reflect. I'm not biting my tongue. Typically, I don't, but I'm not biting my tongue. I'm going to say it the way I feel it. I'm going to go on to the next question. This question says, it's a three-part question. So, um, well, it's three questions. The first question is a two-part question. Uh, question reads, do you have any regrets about a decision you made and a decision you didn't make? This one's interesting. 
this one's interesting. And the person that asked the question, I hope she's on. I, I hope she's on. If you're on, sis, just comment below. I want to know that you're on if you ask this question. Or I know you asked the question. I want to know if you're on as I give you my answer. Um, it's tough. Do, let me read it again. Do I have any regrets about a decision I made and a decision that I didn't make? I'm going to go on record and say this, but you got to listen to my response after I say it. I have no regrets on any decision that was made. And the reason why I don't have any regrets is because I made the decision. I think in a leadership role, in a father role, in a husband role, in a son role, in a director role in ministry, I think the biggest mistake is not making a decision. Because at the end of the night, whether the outcome goes the way that I wanted or not, I made the decision. The thing that I can't live with is not making the decision. Think about it. Have you ever experienced something and the thing that eats you up is that you didn't say yes or no to the solution or to the question or to the or to the recommendation? That's the tough part is not saying yes or no or not giving effort one direction or the other. So I will say that I have no regrets on any of the decisions that I made. However, some of my decisions, the outcome did not go the way that I wanted it to. Right. Um and the second part of your question was, and the decision. So, yeah, so I, I I made a decision for every opportunity that I had to make a decision. But again, the outcome may have not been what I wanted. But I will say this about the outcome. I always learn from the outcome. Like, listen to me and, and listen to me clearly. Like, there are some things that happened in 2021 for me that, man, it... it Boom, it hit. I was like, ooh, we, you know, if I, uh, I just because I know she's on, um, Jennifer, Coach Jen, for those that are, have the opportunity to train with her in the morning, man, that was a decision because when Jason made a transition, I'm so glad Jason's back. When Jason made a transition to help his mother in, in a family business, that was difficult because everybody loves Jason. Those are some big shoes, right? He's he's funny, he's passionate, he's consistent, and then he's Jason, and you have to know Jason to understand what that means. So somebody let Jason know that I'm talking about him, and also Coach Jen, but I believe she's on already. So the reason why the decision for Coach Jen was really a good decision but it wasn't the easiest decision because coach jen at the time when we interviewed her at the end of 2020 coach jen didn't live in houston coach jen lived in another whole state north carolina i believe right so we had candidates that we were interviewing i remember one guy uh without saying his name i will say he looked like clark kent right off superman so he had that structure he had the body you know i I'm pretty sure the ladies would have loved him. The guys would have loved working out with him. He was probably our lead candidate. So we're taking him through the gym. He's doing the shadowing. It was something about Coach Jen, though. It was like, again, we had Zoom meetings. I didn't get to meet her in person. But it was the times that we met, the communication that we had, the vibe, the connection that I felt with her. I just knew she was going to fit well with our team. So instead of hiring someone that was convenient and putting them in position to hurry up and get into the shoes of Jason, we were able to be patient. The team 
from myself to Alex to Logan, we all pitched in. We're doing morning classes, mid-morning classes, and we were able to hold the fort down until Jen was prepared to go. Now, this is the thing with everything that I'm trying to mesh together when I talk about making a decision. The outcome of it went the way that I wanted. And I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to make the decision. Now, obviously, Coach Jen came in. She's crushing it. She does things with integrity. Everybody loves it. It works out. But the decision would have been a lot worse if I wouldn't have made the right decision on making a decision. Because what we do sometimes is choose what's convenient. Again, we choose bad food sometimes because it's convenient. Some relationships that didn't work out that well, sometimes we chose it because what? It was convenient, right? So I think for decisions... As I'm speaking this out loud and listening to myself say it, it's really important that we focus on not making decisions off of what's convenient, but make decisions off what make practical sense, what meshes well, what fits well. It may be uncomfortable to get it going the way that you want it, or it may be some patience that's going to have to take place. But I believe if you can follow what I'm saying, you will find the coach gen that you need. And again, the coach gen may be a person. It may be a materialistic item. It may be a career path or an opportunity. But uh, I do believe if you just hold on and be patient and do what you believe will be the best thing for you, it would turn out the way that you made it. But it only happens if you make a decision. Um, that was good. Um, I will say this. I did make a decision that I didn't follow my first mind, though. Yeah, it's only right that I, I speak about this one. So. I had an opportunity to make a decision. I had made my decision. Like, listen to me. I had made my decision. I had told my wife. I told my family. I, I made the decision because it was practical. It made sense. It was in alignment to what needed to be done. But I went with my emotional side. I had some, some people in my ear. And they were like, man, you got to look at this. And you got to do this. You got to realize this. There's some history here and there. And I... I took the emotional part of it and I allowed it to take over the practical sense, the formula that makes sense. And when the outcome didn't go the way that I desired it, I was like, I knew it. I I knew it. Go with your first mind. But it's not a first mind, second mind thing. It was more of not making decisions out of my emotion versus all of what makes practical sense. So if anybody can is in a position where you're making decisions, look, we all have these emotional attachments. Take the emotion away. Like literally, as I take as I reach for the camera lens and I pull it out, now make the decision. It becomes clearer. Right? Uh, one of the best things that I had advice given to me as I was engaged with Tina, the minister told us that when you take physical content or contact excuse me physical contact out of the situation what's left and i thought it made so much sense so in in my faith you're supposed to wait before you have intimacy before you have i mean before you get married right did i say that right you're supposed to wait to have intimacy until you get married and what he was breaking down was when you have these spiritual soul ties You put yourself in a position where you don't see what you need to see. And sometimes when you have spiritual soul ties to multiple people before you meet the person that you're going to be married to, things get confusing. You got junk in the trunk. You don't understand this. You expect this from them. And it just becomes a mess. And that's why sometimes 
people get in the positions that they're in. But the whole thing made sense when he said, if you release all that, who are you marrying? How will you communicate? What is your plans? What do you want to develop? What if you grow into this? What if this happened? It was so much easier to make a better decision when there was no emotional attachment. So I will say that about my decision. That's a great question. Um, when I took the the distraction of the emotional part away, I always make better decisions. So I can go on and on. That is really a good question. Uh, second one that she asked was, what was your biggest leap of faith? Man, I am a faith jumper, man. That's just what I do. Um, I am not afraid to jump. I do believe that we should operate off of what we don't see to create what we desire to see. And if, if I was to give you an example for the fitness space, right? Um, people want to lose weight. If Chris looks in the mirror and he wants to lose 20 pounds, I cannot literally physically look in the mirror and see myself 20 pounds less. I can't. Can't happen. You can imagine it. You can dream it. But I cannot walk into the mirror right now and see myself 20 pounds less. So that's faith. You have to operate in what you don't see to produce what you desire to see. So everything that I've ever accomplished, and I'm not self-made. I've had so many great people and resources to help myself, our brand, to be in a position that it's in. But I know that everything that I've ever created, I knew. And it's because I was brought up a certain way from my parents, which did an outstanding job. I have to create what I desire based upon what I don't see. Because if I go off what I see in the neighborhood that I grew up in, there was no Chris Greens. There were no I didn't, black guys that were entrepreneurs that was creating wealth for their family and job positions. Like, what? So for me, it was like my dad was in the oil field. Uh, as a, um, He worked at a, a plant, one of the major plants in Houston. School teachers, which are incredible. I love you guys. You guys, um, a lot of my family members are in education. Um, and the third thing was athlete. So between those three, it was like, Chris, pick one. So I wanted to be the athlete. And then when I didn't make it pro, I did go through a, a space of my life where I was like, what do I do now? I, okay, I got to go into the, uh, I got to work at a plant like my dad, or I got to be like my brother and work at, a, at a, in education. Like, I didn't know other things, but... Once I start reading and gaining wisdom and listening, I were able to take some faith jumps based upon what I didn't see. So to answer your question, I think one of the things that I did, um, man, it's a lot this year, 2020, starting in January. I think one of the things that we're still working on, and I'm going to go with the brand, not personal on this one, is creating a foundation for the growth of Mean Green. Right. It's so hard in the fitness space to just go out and invest X amount of money and expect a result like it's almost insanity to just say, hey, I'm going to invest X amount of money in this neighborhood and I expect X amount of people to join our gym or boot camp like that's insane. Right. So this year I really took an initiative to learn how to create a better position for me and green in the future. Now, as we finish up this year, we do have the blueprint now where we're looking at adding two gyms by 2024, which is great. That sounds great. It's exciting. It's motivating, but it's definitely a faith jump, right? So at the beginning of this year, um, I really made a lot of decisions not based upon the pandemic, not based upon 
the experience necessarily when members come into the gym. I made a lot of decisions based upon setting a foundation. Look, I get it. A lot of people may not see what I was seeing or the perspective of what the leader saw at Mean Green. But now as it's taking place, it makes sense to everybody. So I would say, number one, the biggest thing that I think we've done or I've done personally, especially in the business side, is be encouraged to set a foundation for the future. That was a big faith jump for me versus because it's easy for us just to say, hey, let's market. Let's get more people in the gym. Let's get more people at the boot camp. Let's do more personal training and keep doing that over and over. But things that we focus in and lay down a foundation in this year was more so for the future. So that was a faith jump. Number two, I guess this may go into the same thing. On the Southwest location, we actually downsized our gym. I'm going to spend a little time on this one because I think this is going to really, this potentially may help the entrepreneur that's listening or watching or the person that's making a decision that can be very impactful. So check this out. We leased out our Southwest location about three years ago from a previous location. The reason why we wanted to move to a new location was because we needed more parking. We were at a, a warehouse that had a pretty good size. We had 30 parking spots, which when we first took our first lease, because this was our first gym, we were thinking, you know, hey, 15 people in a class, maybe 20 if we're lucky, <laughs> and 30 parking spots, that's more than enough. And then it got to a point where it became so chaotic because now we're putting 30, 40 people in a class, people parking under West Park Bridge, parking to businesses on the left and the right. One class is finishing, another class is trying to come in. Like parking was insane. Now, it was a blessing through the chaos because people wanted to train with us. And we were, we're thinking 10 to 15 people in a class, not expecting 25, 30 people in that small warehouse or the small space of the warehouse. So I think the faith jump took place because we needed more parking. We needed more space. And um, we went climate control with a storefront versus a metal building. And when we made that jump, we went to a beautiful 6,000 square foot building, climate control. We have over 300 parking spots. It was perfect. This is where the faith jump came in. And I'm align this with the first bullet point that I said about making a foundation more so for the brand. I start looking at people that work for me in green. The Alex, right? Uh, I use her for an example. So somebody let Alex know we're talking about her. Call her, text her, tag her, or whatever we need to do, right? I looked at Alex and she, just like others, the Jareds, the Jens, the Bobbies, everybody, right? I start looking at the avatar of our trainers, they're a certain age, typically. They're at a certain part of their life. And Chris wanted to create more of an opportunity. Because this is the truth of the matter. People outgrow their position. Simple as that. So let's just say we paid our trainers hourly 20 bucks. At some point, they're going to outgrow that. And you and that's my thing. You always be a resource to help them become better. And I, I, I promise you can pretty much talk to about 90% of the people that are training me in green. You will see that I've always went over and beyond to give them an opportunity if I can. But this is the faith jump. I wanted to put the next trainer in my shoes. To have the ownership of the gym. To have passive income potentially if they get a great team to train at the gym. Where it opened up more doors for them to work on other projects like the Beast Mode games. Like the Daily Sweat. Like 
business consultant. Like the other things that now I can do because I have a great team that follow my leadership, I wanted to give that to the next trainer. So the faith jump took place with downsizing the gym. All right, check this out. We just moved over there. It's 6,000 square feet. Man, we can fit 40 people in there. They can all, all have their own barbell. We can get a very like epic workout in and do another class with another 40. Like I got all that. It, it made sense. But to expect the next trainer or person that wanted to partner into a partnership with me, Green, that's a that's a large space to rent out or buy in Houston. Like the economy is moving up, which means the rent that we pay three years ago will be a lot more expensive going forward. Right. The amount of equipment. Think about it. The average gym owner that jumps into this business, it's going to be tough for them to buy 10 rowers, 10 bikes, 10 uh, ski ergs, dumbbells, bumper plates barbells, you name it, benches, uh, you name it. So if somebody has to pay X amount of money to get into a 6,000 square foot building because that's our project plan for Mean Greens, man, that's going to be really difficult. So my foundation, my faith to jump was we're going to downsize the gym. I had did so much research, so many calculations, booked coaching call with other business owners. And I noticed that if I shorten the barbell, then I can fit more people in. So you got to remember, I've been doing barbell work since I've been in the game. So when I brought this to the gym the first time, I'm pretty sure it wasn't the most popular thing for people to hear. Right. But when people were able to see that it's very functional, that the 45 pound barbell that holds 505 pounds, we're not doing 505 pound power cleans. Jen, if anybody on, just correct me if I'm wrong. Right. I don't see nobody doing 505 pounds overhead press 10 reps every minute of the minute. So I noticed that the shorter barbell, which we call the shorties, carry up to 255 pounds, right? So that's kind of more in our programming, right? We don't do a lot of power training. That's all we do. And when I say power, we don't do bench press one rep every three minutes, and then we get out of there after 20 minutes. That's not us. We're not a power training gym. We're not a bodybuilding gym. We're a strength, hit, and conditioning gym. Now, we will get to a point where we get to a one rep, two rep max in some point of a workout, but that we don't do that every day when we walk into the gym. So it only made sense to shorten the barbell so we can fit more people in. But if we shorten the barbell, we can put more people in. We don't need all this square footage. So as we start taping up the gym because of the pandemic, we noticed we were taping up spots for 25 people, had 10 feet by 12 feet, which is 120 square feet. We had three feet of walk space for trainers to walk through, three feet by 60 feet, and we had three lanes, three feet by 60. That's 180, 180 times three. I don't know what that is. Let's just say it's five, 600 square feet. We had five to 600 square feet just for our trainers to walk. So what we did was shorten the spots because we have a now shorter barbell. And instead of 6,000 square feet, we were able to downsize to about 3,000 square feet. Now that we have a 3,000 square foot building, now it's more reachable for a trainer to say, I want to invest because they don't need 6,000 square feet in Houston. We can get by with two to 3,000 square feet. Now you guys are following me. Now we don't need all these bulky barbells. We need shorter barbells, which means they're going to be cheaper than the 45 pound barbells. Now we don't need 30 cardio machines. We might only need 12 to 18. So because of the faith jump of downsizing the gym, and again, we went for 6,000, we put a wall in the middle. So I'm sure members showing up like, hey man, like that's my spot in the gym. Like we don't have that side of the gym no more, but now we're not missing a beat. 
people come in, they know exactly where they're working out. They have their own workout equipment. It all makes sense now at the gym. And we still fit the same amount of people we were fitting in. But now we're working smart. We're working leaner. And the biggest thing of this, we built a foundation for the future. And the faith jump is now that a trainer now can do a license model with me and Green because it's now it's more affordable. Very long-winded answer. But that was one of the biggest faith jumps that we made. And uh, we were able to create new job positions because of that. The Alex position now is a new position. And I'm pretty sure we have some more that we're making this year as well. So whew, long-winded. If y'all with me, give me some thumbs up for those that are on live with me. All right. This is her third question. She said, <laughs> who's your favorite former employee? Erica Davis asked this question, y'all. I love me some Erica. Erica's chilling in Hawaii, I believe, right now. Either Hawaii or she may be taking a, another trip to um, Napa in, in California. But Erica, I miss you. I love you. And I'm very proud of you. All right. Going to the next question. And again, for those that are on live, I have you guys up. Comment down below if you have anything you want me to answer when it comes to 2021. All right. All right. So. I'm, I'm going to say, okay, let me just go into it. Next question. What was your biggest fear of 2021? What is your goal uh, looking forward to accomplishing 2022? All right. So this one's interesting, okay, because I, I, I don't believe in fear. I, I don't believe in fear. I, I, I look, I don't believe in fear. I do believe in the acronym of fear. Um, I heard this from a motivational speaker. He said the acronym of fear is false evidence appearing real, which means it's something that you may think of. It may be a dream. It may be an illusion, but it's something that may never, ever even happen in your lifetime. So I try my best not to operate off fear, but I do believe in danger. I do believe in failure. I do believe in pain. Right. So I'm going to answer your question worded that way. What was my biggest fear of pain? What was my biggest fear of rejection? What was my biggest fear of failure? Um, the Beast Mode games. Yeah. Like if I was to say my biggest fear or my biggest train of thought of maybe finding failure or not living to the expectation the Beast Mode games, the 2021 Beast Mode games. So the Beast Mode games, for those not familiar with it, it's a fitness competition and we bring people from all sorts of fitness and it's, it's fitness friendly. And what I mean by that, you have some fitness competitions, you got to be the best of the best to be able to compete. This one, you can be the 18 year old or the 78 year old. Everybody comes in and do their best. And um, that's our Beast Mode games. The reason why this one was so hard for me to process to be honest for me to process not failing or finding pain was because this was the very first one since the pandemic you got to remember we had hundreds of people show up in the past we hosted them at different gyms huge gyms parking lots we rented out facilities in downtown where we're just open acres not acres, but I would say an acre. We rented out football fields. Like, like a lot of people come to the Beast Mode games. This one was different because nobody was holding competitions with, during the pandemic, but everybody was like itching like this, like itching at the neck, waiting on the next competition. They were waiting on the next competition. I kept getting inboxes. When is the next Beast Mode games? And then the CrossFit games, uh, the owner at the time really made a really 
let's call it ignorant an ignorant response that got out to the public so now a lot of people was kind of leaving crossfit and they were looking for the next thing and then um he he said some racist remarks i'm a black guy uh, a lot of people that know me or didn't know me start googling and looking and researching what was a black person that has a fitness event hey that's me uh so a lot of people start contacting us and i knew we were going to receive the biggest crowd that we've ever received even though we were in a pandemic i knew this was going to be the biggest crowd i went off of going back to faith i rented a freaking expo uh humble we have something i live in humble and humble we have the humble civic center and they have a fitness x not a fitness they have an outdoor expo this is where they host rodeos and zodico fest i rented it out not having any signups yet right we rented it out and this is the truth typically when i have an event i want four to six months to market for those that participated or helped put this event on we only marketed about six to eight weeks because i was really like hitting the the brakes i was really slow rolling i was really trying to stretch it out as long as possible because of the pandemic i was fearful of again fearful for me is like i was afraid of pain or failure or something happening that's bad because of the pandemic i didn't want an outbreak to take place i didn't want nobody not to sign up because we're in a pandemic it was so many thoughts so i waited to the last moment and then i went ahead and booked it i was like crap we're going into it right so we start marketing and the very first week people just signing up like crazy i'm like oh crap people are actually gonna be there right and then when we got up to the event maybe four weeks before the event there's so much work that has to be placed at the beastmo games brought alex on as a director alex is just a one she's making it happen so we we created this crazy workout as we we're trialing these workouts out i had people like nikki for those that know mean green members i had like nikki miles coming out trying workouts out we had uh uh I'm trying to think of some other names that came out crap i can't think of nobody else but nikki uh alex came out fair came out all these people start coming out helping us with our workouts and it was incredible so we had the workout set up we had the event set up we had people setting up we got the websites rolling we got the softwares going then we put up on tickets. This is the first time we ever charged for uh, admission. Hold on, my boy's coming in. Hey, Bubba. You did it. Come say hi to everybody. I told y'all I had to stay upstairs. You got to come say hi now. This hi. is this is Caleb. And this is, you got to look up there. And that's Christopher. Hi, we did the game. We did the game. Y'all did the game. Yeah. All right. Okay, y'all go play the game. Okay, they're excited. So, <laughs> close the door, buddy. Close the door. Caleb. Come close the door. <laughs> so, going back to the Beast Mode store. So, um, we sell tickets like a couple weeks prior, you might've had like 50 tickets, so 70 tickets. And then three days before they start selling like every second of the day, we're getting up to 1000 tickets. So, okay. Now we're at 15. Like it just became crazy. The amount of tickets we start selling. So here we're at this big event. I didn't sleep the night before. I don't think none of the people that was part of the, uh, the leadership slept. Like we really went into the game being, in a position where we didn't want to fail and i was so proud after implementing the things that we implemented now again we had a lot of things we walked away that we want to get better at but i could not imagine 2021 without the beast mode games and i think that's the thing when we talk about fear that's the thing that i want to bring to the light fear does not exist what if we wouldn't have had the beast mode games because of my limited mindset
What if we wouldn't have had the beast mode games because I was operating at a place where I couldn't see it? We just talked about faith earlier. What if I was operating from a leadership role? What if I was operating where I was looking at the glass half empty versus half full? Now, as we're getting prepared for 2022, the beast mode game is going to be bigger and better than it was last year. But it, it would not be in this position if I would have operated, if the team would have operated off of fear. So I, I would say to answer your question, that was like my biggest fear and then that's business personal and i make this one real short not being a good dad that is like that is one of my biggest fears just not being a good dad um golly, i kind of feel like an emotional shot up my spine um that's scary because my mom and my dad you know my dad is just incredible just an incredible man and I speak about my mom quite a bit. I miss her. It's been nine years since I've seen her. Um, but the legacy, the creation she created, man, I'm just overwhelmed with the amount of love she created. So for me not to be the father that I need to be for my kids, like, man, like that's that's scary. So I'm now getting on social media, you're probably noticing on my personal Instagram page, I'm posting more of me being with my kids created a program for fitness where I can train more at home so I can be around my kids. And that's my life goal is just to be a great dad. So um, great question. Great question. All right. Um, Allie, I'm going to go right into YouTube. So YouTube, we got a question and I'm going to go back to Facebook. So anybody on YouTube on live, jot some questions down. So I love to answer. Uh, standout words to describe 2021 for you. Personal professional and spiritual um personal love so what, what i've witnessed a lot in 2021 just love unconditionally there's things that i've witnessed this year where i think the missing component was love right Outside looking into different people that went through some very hardships this year, I think they just needed love, right? Um, for me personally, I, one of the things that, if I was to use Tina and I, my wife, for an example, I think our biggest disconnection is when we don't show the love that each person requires and deserves. I get tied up. I'm so into Mean Green. I'm so into the Daily Sweat. I'm so into the Beast Smoke Games. I'm so into growth. I'm I'm so into so many different projects that sometimes I don't tell her I love her or I don't show her her love is appreciated. And then she does the same thing. She's invested into her career. She's an incredible mom. And for those that are married and have kids, you understand what I'm about to say. Sometimes you can raise a family and not be married. That's real. You can easily be raising your kids, but you forget about your marriage. That's real. So as we're doing that, I notice sometimes it's just the love that need to be offered and gave and accepted too. So I would say personal. That's a really good question. Personal uh, love, professional. If I was to choose a word, um, perseverance, pandemic. Man, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. 
been difficult, right? Because it's so many procedures and so many things we had to switch up and implement. And it's a lot that we've learned. It's a lot that we can't do. But when I think of the pandemic, it's so not a Chris thing for me. It's so a Milton and Walker and Bobby and Donnie and Jen and Asante and Jared. I mean, I can go on and on. Dave, I can go on and on with everybody. I look at them and everything that I brought to the table, everything that we discussed, everything that's new, they persevered and got it done. And it was so, it's so encouraging to see that. I remember when we opened up in the pandemic in 2020, and I was like, dude, I'm still not comfortable going in the gym myself. I was like, look, the only way I'm opening the gym is we do it outside. There was no if, ands, or buts. They were like, I got you. Let's go. We're packing. We're calling members. <laughs> Literally, we're calling members before class, asking them how much weight they're going to need, putting them at a specific spot. So when they showed up, they're going to a specific spot, and we already had their stuff. Now, it sounds good when you're a member. Like, oh, they pampering me. I just got to show up, and I have all my weights there. But when you're Jason and you're getting there for a six o'clock in the morning class, you're getting there at five, setting up 20 spots for five people outdoors. You're grabbing dumbbells, and kettlebells and rowers and assault bikes like that was difficult. But perseverance, man, I'm just I'm overwhelmed with the amount of love and trust that they have in the Mean Green program and system. It blows me away because I'm still working on I still think we're scratching the surface of where we're going to be. But I am overwhelmed with the amount of perseverance that whatever comes the, the the family way, how they persevere, unbelievable. And then the third thing would be uh, spiritually, I would say grace. It's a lot of things I want to do better. There's a lot of things I want to do or need to do. It's a lot, some things I made some mistakes in. And in my faith, I am so grateful for grace. For a Grinch, as I dressed up as the Grinch a couple weeks ago or last week. As a Grinch like me, man, I'm just very, I'm in awe, I'm in appreciation, I'm in love with God's grace. That's real. Great question. Um, Crystal, when are, <laughs> when are more green beings arriving? I am not against having more. I, I get that question quite a bit. Um, I am not against, in addition to the green household, Whatever God wants, we just pray and hope, right, for a healthy um, boy or girl. doesn't matter. Twins can be a little fearful, right, <laughs> as I use that term again. But um, I'm in awe, and hopefully I do a better job of showing you guys how much I'm in love with my family, with my kids. And um, I would not be against it. Uh, they are adorable. Thank you. Uh, yo, ready for 2022 MGT Beast Mode Games, new ventures. I love it all. Yes, sir, badass, Mr. Badass. It is easy to get caught up in every day today. Yeah, for sure, Allie, for sure. All right, going to the next question. Thank you, guys. As I'm getting ready, I'm probably about, I don't know how long I've been on so far, 50 minutes. I'm probably about 10 minutes from finishing up. Um, next question that I have, and this goes back to Coach Jen. This is a question for Coach Jen, and, uh, this is, she made me really process this, and I'm about to speak off the top of my head because I really don't know how I'm going to answer this. Question from Jen, how did you grow personally and professionally this year? The reason why this one is so difficult, is because I was telling someone, I was telling a team member of me and Green two days ago, we did a coaching call. And I was encouraging him to journal because sometimes we 
we venture through life and we don't understand what we've been through and what we've conquered. So, Coach Jen, when you asked this question, I didn't really do a great job of journaling this year. I was just on the run. And I wish I can go back and dissect a journal entry every month and see what I did and didn't do. But off the top of my head, I'm going to start with personally. Hmm, this is really tough. Personally, I've grown where I allow God to be God. That's tough. And I, I know for I know everybody has their own belief in their spirituality realm. For me personally, I have faith, I believe, I walk on it, I stand on it. But there's still some things in my life that sometimes I try to get it done myself. And I know I'm going to relate to somebody. And if this does relate to anybody, I'm curious if I'm alone on this one. There are some things where even though I believe in my spirituality power that that God is all God, I still sometimes try to get it done. And then when I can't figure it out and when I don't have it and when my back's against the wall, I'm like, oh, God, help me. (laughs) So I think this year there were some things that I personally just could not control. I could not get the perspective to be seen. I could not improvise. I couldn't do it. And this year was different from 2020 because 2020 I tried and I was just going to fight for it because of love, right? This year I was like towards the end of the year. I'm not going to say this whole year. Towards the end of 2021, I was like, God, I'm done. You're right. I'm going to let you do it. I've done everything I can possibly do. And I think personally, that was a growth move for me. Um, Business-wise, I think I kind of mentioned this a little bit a while ago. Just setting up the future for me and Green and and for the team members. Um, We have now, and uh, I know Bobby's on, so he'll understand when I say what I'm about to say. We've always gave people a path to fulfill passion. And in the fitness industry, it's funny because a lot of times you can meet people, be at the bar, you can be at a restaurant, you can be at a party. And someone can say, hey, what do you do? And you say, oh, I'm a, I'm a trainer. And they be like, oh, well, what's your main job? Like that is the most irritating thing for someone that does this full time to hear. And with fitness, sometimes Fitness trainers or coaches, they get a rep of you should not make that much money. You should not be financially fulfilled with abundance. You should struggle. And I think that's horrible. Like, I am so passionate. I put so much, so many hours into this craft. I've invested so much money to learn. So why do I, why should I struggle? So I think setting up more than just fulfilling a passion to be able to have your voice and your philosophy be seen in a class, I want to now allow trainers to have an opportunity to make this a career. I don't see why any trainer under our umbrella cannot own their own gym. Why can't any trainer under our umbrella own their chain of boot camps where they have passive income as they become a leader? Because the truth of the matter is, Chris is 37. What happens when I'm 67? I might not want to be leading a whole bunch of classes, but I want to be a part of it which might be more of a leadership role. Or again, if I'm 30, 40, 50 years of knowledge, if the 25-year-old come in, I man, they're going to need me. 
So I think that was really important for me this year. And also, we haven't rolled this out to our trainers necessarily just yet, but we met it maybe about a month ago on creating a more of a retirement style pathway for our, our career. Because as a trainer, okay, cool. If if Jared comes in, he makes the money he wants to make, then he gets ownership. But for trainers, unless you're investing on your own in stock and other things, what's the next step? And we really created something. I've never seen another gym do this. Uh, even Bobby told me this at our meeting. He was like, I don't think I've ever seen or heard anybody ever doing this. So, again, it's unorthodox. It's going to be a faith jump. But we are lining something up for our, our trainers to have a longevity of a career that they're fulfilled in. That's going to be abundant for them. But at the same time, put them in a position to have some type of retirement. which Not some type of great retirement. Um, so great question. Great question, Coach Jen. That one, that one, Jen. I was like, ooh, Jen. All right. Um, YouTube question. Got one. Crystal, uh, I think it's a question. I'm going to read it. I like you encourage small businesses to become vendors at the Beast Mode Games. Have you ever considered the same thing on a more consistent basis, such as selling health and fitness products in the gym or even a post wide calf available to attendees of the gym. Yeah. So I'm all for that. Right. Um, we get a lot of small businesses to reach out to, especially when it comes to like nutrition to want to come on our Saturday workouts and set up a booth. We actually put a team member on. Um, I'm going to tell y'all his name, Damien. Damien is now in 2021. He's going to be a part of our marketing where we connect and build different resources within our personal community of Mean Green, but also reach out to other business owners and um, people that do it the right way, especially when it relates to fitness. He's going to help us connect as well as myself and others, right? So we get a lot of vendors that come on Saturdays. They want to just set up shop. But what we're focusing on now is creating a healthy partnership. A healthy partnership means if we give you something, that you give something back. So if you or know anybody that would be interested in, we set up a booth at their facility. They set one up at ours. I think that's what it is all about. I am a small business owner, and I know numerous amount of people. This thing is not easy, but I do believe in finding productivity, and, and I do believe in wealth. I do believe in fulfillment, and it definitely can take place, but life is a lot easier. As I said earlier, I am not self-made. I am quick to tell you who's helped me when and where and how, and I believe if we can do that more so as business owners, I think that gives us an easier opportunity. Not saying it's going to be easy, just an easier opportunity. So with the Beast Mode Games, that was one thing that I thought was cool. We had, you know, over a thousand, two thousand people that were not athletes, just spectators walking around. Why not get people that are small business owners to be able to put their product on display and be able to serve? So I thought that was really cool. But to answer your question, Crystal, I would love to do something like that more so at the gym, maybe once a Saturday, once a month, once a Saturday, one Saturday, once a month or quarterly. I think that would be incredible to do so. So. Love your insight. All right, going to the last couple of questions. Jen, another tough question, Coach Jen. What is something that was hard for you at the start of the year and now is easy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
Jen, do me a favor if you're still on live. Uh, can I come back to this one? This one's really tough. This one's really tough. You know what? I do have something. I would say... I really want to talk about the relationship with my sister because it's hard and it's never been hard ever in my life. But I can't say it's easy now, so I can't answer the question that way. So I have to pick something different. I got a good one. You know what's hard? Hmm. Okay, this is as transparent as your boy Chris can get. Tough and uncomfortable conversations with my wife. That is hard. Oh my goodness, that is hard. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that your boy is perfect, but I am better. So, I have this thing with Tina. I don't want to hurt her feelings. I don't. So, sometimes I would do things that put me in a uncomfortable position or a position that I'm not excited at because I don't want to hurt her feelings or because I don't want to have that tough conversation or because I don't want to say something that 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 she's not going to like I want Tina to be happy and I want her to be smiling but there's times in any relationship that you're going to have to say how you feel right it's uh same thing with coach Jen and myself as trainers I'm pretty sure coach Jen is probably text me or called me or seen me at the gym it was like man i gotta kind of tell you something even though you might not want to hear it this way but if she don't tell me there's no growth in that relationship right and it's real easy for me to do that within business of being green with my friends it's real easy to do that with my relationship with my siblings and my dad but when it comes to my wife it is hard and it is so uncomfortable not to tell you the specific moment but there were a time this year where we had we had a little battle. We had a little we had a debate. It was a debate. That's what it was. We had a debate. And um typically you guys would never see this side of me. It's only very few people see this side of me. When I when I get to a point of frustration or I'm upset, I shut up. I, I, I do this to Tina. Okay. Alright. Cool. Mm-hmm. I just walk away and I won't say nothing ever. Like I'm good. Obviously communication is the key in life. So I know that's not the right thing. But at this moment we were debating. That's the word I'm going to use. And I just shut up. And then something struck. Like it was like a. If you've watched like the road runner on, on is that Tom and Jerry or whatever cartoon that was. But it was the road runner. He'd be like beep beep. And then. The creature, the Tarzan, I don't know who he was fighting. It'd be like a rock that had dropped. It was like a rock that dropped on me. It was like, she said, beep, beep, and she ran, and like a rock dropped on me. And I just said what I needed to say. And I remember the response in Tina's face. It was like, she like, you know how a dog will look at you like this for those that are looking at me visually? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? She was like, mm-hmm. and I said what I needed to say. And, and Tina's an engineer. She has to process it. So instead of processing, she responded back with 
whatever emotional thing she wanted to say. And we went our, our separate ways. We didn't agree. And then at, after she processed it, she came back to me and she was like, without saying the words, and I'm going to kind of put it in my own words. She basically was like, man, I see your perspective. And we're going to do it that way. If I don't win another 10, 20, 30 years of not saying what I said at that moment, how miserable could I end up being? How much tension could have been created in the household? How much more stress could have been poured on top of us? Arguments that probably would have happened because of not of that circum argument, but because of the way that I felt and I just never said it. I think that was the hardest thing that I had to deal with at the beginning of the year that I'm better at. I'm not great at it. I'm not perfect at it. But to answer your question, Having tough and uncomfortable conversations with Tina. That's where I found some growth at. So I think that's an incredible question. Um, the coyote. I can't say the word coyote. Yep. The roll running coyote. There we go. But yeah, great question, Jen. As you can see, you, you challenged me. Um, what character trait did you develop the most in this past year? Um, listening to the writing on the wall. That's a trait, right? <laughs> There are certain times where people won't save literally how they feel because it's tough or or it may it's hard. Right. And a lot of times when it's hard and it's tough and it's uncomfortable, it's really hard, as I just mentioned, for people to communicate. But what I've learned this year is to listen to the writing on the wall. When somebody writes it on the wall, whether they say it or or whatnot. Like they physically would tell you what they're trying to tell you. So this year I have learned towards maturity throughout the year that operate and listen to the writing on the wall. Because somebody might not say it to you. And that's when I'll say it. So if I see writing on the wall, especially towards the end of the year, if I see writing on the wall, I will call you. I will text you. I will see you and say, hey, A, B, C, what's up? What's going on? And I believe that just makes life a lot easier. So I believe that was a trait that I developed in 2021. Look at the writing on the wall and then respond. Uh, great question. Great question. Um, all right. I'm wrapping this up, guys. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying this. Um, last two questions I have, unless somebody writes it on YouTube, will go to your biggest test of the year. Did you pass the test? What did you learn? Um I did learn from my biggest test this year. I had a couple of them. I did learn from my biggest test. Hmm. What I learned from my biggest test or one of my biggest tests this year was frequency. So I have this thing that <clears throat> when God gives me vision or perspective, I think everybody should see it. God gave it to me, right? I have this thing in me when I know it works. I want everybody to see it. It works. If I've had success at it, I want everybody to have success at it. I want to show you exactly how I've done it so you can do it and get the same success if you want it. That's a trait that I have. It's a characteristic that I don't know if it's good all the time, but it's the DNA of Chris. And one of my biggest tests this year, I noticed that I want people on my frequency. 
I want them on my radio station. If I am 92.2, I want my family and friends on 92.2, especially if they say they want to be there. What I've learned, I would say what I've learned in that test of one of my biggest tests this year is always choose the right frequency. Always choose the right radio station. I ain't going to say radio, the station. Always choose the right station. And I'm going to break this down and I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible. There's different frequencies. A, B, C, D, and E. Let's use those. A, B, C, D, and E. It's five different frequencies. And this is just Chris' philosophy as I pour this out because this is really a tough question. And I want to answer it with as much authentic transparency that Chris can actually offer. With these five different frequencies, let's just say frequency C. A, B, and C. Let's say I'm on frequency C. And my family is on frequency C. And my friends that are on frequency C with me. We all have a perspective that we all agree with. And we're in alignment with. Everything that I'm a part of. They're on the same frequency of C. I'm not saying frequency A and B. D and E is not good or not correct. But the frequency that I'm operating on is on frequency C. I noticed that I have family. They're the Greens, right? And my mother made her name was Smiths. Uh, Tina's made her name is Bailey. Um, Liz made her name is Smith. We can go on and on on the connections. But I may not talk to every single Green, every single Smith, every single Bailey every day I wake up. Because we're not all on the same frequency. Same thing with my friends. I have some best friends that I grew up with. And I haven't spoke to them in months or years. It is not that we don't love each other. We're just not on the same frequency. But there are some friends that I do speak to quite frequently because we're on the same frequency. So when I, as I try to paint that portrait for you, what my challenge was this year, and this was a big test, was I know what frequency works well for Chris. I know what gives Chris peace and joy, and understanding, fulfillment, passion, spiritual gifts. I know what's a great frequency for me in this season. And I've noticed the same people that I'm around, they share the same desire, the same need, right? If you, if I'm looking, Bobby and Jen's on right now, for an example, and Crystal, I know them personally. I guarantee you, if you ask them what's something they long for in life, they're probably going to say peace, it's the frequency that I operate on. I, I'm pretty confident they're going to say great health, love. Like I can go on and on about what I personally want to do, but I'm pretty confident majority of things that I list out because I communicate with them and I see them a lot and, and we talk throughout the year, we're probably on the same frequency. So my biggest test this year was that I was put in position to try to operate and multiple frequencies and that you, you can't do that i cannot listen into 92.2 and 97.1 and 99.5 at the same time that's going to create a distraction that's going to be 
confusing. That's going to be a lot of gray area. There's no way that I can be productive and do what I need to do, which is find peace and joy, passion, excitement, uh, love. It, I, I won't find it if I'm trying to fulfill everybody's frequency. My biggest test this year was operate in the frequency that works well for you and for those that you're connected with or be miserable and try to operate in multiple frequencies. Mm, that was really tough for me. Really tough for me. And for me personally, I'm going to grab something one second. I used to do... Um, I did this board break. I am. I did this board break twenty years, uh, twenty one years ago, and I'm showing those that are visually here on this side of the board. And this is what an inch thick, maybe an inch and a half, probably inch. Um, on this side of the board, I had to list everything that I wanted to accomplish in life, and I'm gonna read it to you. Okay, this is the 16 year old Chris. I said, "Living in God, family is living wealthy." College, MBA, fine, good wife and family, <laughs> a good attitude, and obey. Those were my goals at the 16-year-old mark of Chris Green's brain. On the opposite side, I'll, I'm supposed to list everything that would keep me from there. And I only listed one thing, and it's going to be very profound. For those that can see it, you saw it. For those that couldn't see it, it said, how to be perfect. I noticed in my life, at the age of 16, I understood this. Whenever I tried to be perfect for everybody, I was miserable. There was no way possible I was going to achieve the other side of the board as long as I was trying to be perfect for everybody. And I ran into that test again in 2021. Large amount of the, the year, I was trying to please everybody. I was trying to be perfect for everybody. And it put me in a very difficult position sometimes. It even put my brand in a very difficult position sometimes. But I, because I love and because I want it to work out and I want everybody to be at a happy place, I noticed right then and there that I could not please everybody. Because I was trying to work on multiple frequencies. So I had to make a decision. Choose one or operating multiple. But we know how operating multiple would be. So my faith teaches me that you should seek wise counsel. So I reached out to some peers that I trust. Some peers that, that I know that if. I was wrong. They say, Chris, you're wrong. Or if you're right, you're right. And I didn't necessarily reach out for a yes or no, but I just reached out for wisdom because that's what my faith teaches me to seek wise, wise counsel. After doing that, I knew the frequency. And then we didn't switch channels. We didn't switch frequencies. And whoever or whatever need to be on that frequency still remains. And that is Today, I can go to sleep now as I end this last day of this year with peace and joy because I'm on the correct frequency that fulfills my purpose, the brand purpose, my family purpose, my friend's purpose. And I think with that question, 
what was my biggest test and how did I learn from it? I think the biggest learning curve that I learned was do it sooner than later. Because sometimes we wrestle with so many different things in the physical, in the spirit. And sometimes we know what we need to do, but we wrestle. And one thing about wrestling, I don't know if you ever wrestle. And if you haven't, we got a jiu-jitsu spot at the Southwest Gym. It's tough because you got somebody's body weight on you or you steady on somebody and you tussle and your heart rate gets up and you got to control your breathing. And it's fatiguing because it's all your body weight or somebody's body weight on you. And it's really difficult. I wrestled for so long and I didn't have to. So for me, the biggest test that I had was to choose the frequency that gives me peace and joy for my family and friends and everything that I'm a part of and not try to please everybody because it's not possible. That was my biggest test. Great question, man. Um, Julie being silly, she said, Chris, uh, why do you make us do so many burpees? Because it's the best exercise in the world. And uh, yeah, I hate burpees, honestly, but uh, I love you guys when it comes to burpees. All right. Last question that I have on my screen uh, goes from, comes from Melissa. Uh, Melissa asks, how do you learn to move forward after a really bad year and a half, knowing what you've were once capable of and feeling like you can never get back there. You know what, friend? Uh, I like to say this to you. And as I'm answering this last question, if anybody have any last questions for those that are on live, just go ahead and put it down below. I would, I wish I can tell you that I've never had a bad season and I could not answer this question. But to be real with you and authentic and transparent, I've had bad seasons. I there's so many ways we can discuss this and to try to put this in a minute or two. The thing I would love to share with you is in my bad seasons, the ways that I were able to get out of it was by a simple formula that I want to give you. Number one of the formula, step one. You're not alone. You can't be alone. Don't be alone. In my toughest seasons of my life, I noticed that I was in a place of isolation. I was in a place where I couldn't talk to nobody. I was in a place where I didn't want to talk to nobody or hear anything. I'm not sure what your current state is and position, whether spiritually or physically. If you're alone, Find a way to get around people. Right? And if you're not alone, but you just don't want to listen, start listening. You're not alone. Don't be alone. Because what I've learned in this portion of my life, when I was isolated, I would beat my own self up. It wasn't nobody else. I would, I would beat my own self up. And life's already has its challenges. So not only if I have my life challenges, I was beating my own self up. You're worth it is what I want to say. You're made to be amazing and, and, and to be filled with joy and peace, as I mentioned earlier. So step number one, don't be isolated. That's what I've learned. Number two, find the people that love you unconditionally. It's something about it. I remember when the pandemic first kicked off, it's tougher entrepreneurs especially in the fitness space 
at that moment when we had to shut down, because we shut down before we was mandated, I, I really sat still for almost a day or two. I could have worked on writing. I could have worked on podcasts. I could have designed new sites. I could have did so many other creative things, but I was stuck. And the only thing, not the only, one of the things that made me get out of that state was my mini-me's. Because they were out of school or daycare at that time. We're all at home. And they just, they didn't know, they still don't know what a pandemic is. They just, Spider-Man this and Thor that and I love my daddy and I want to be around my mama and can we play and can we laugh and what's next, what's fun. And I start noticing when I start hanging with my my mini-me's, I start acting like them. What's fun? What's the next thing we're going to do that brings joy? Can I hang with you, daddy? Can I hang with you, uh, son? Can I hang with you, mama, wife, whoever it was? And it really put me in a perspective where I noticed when I was around people that loved me unconditionally, I made better moves and better decisions. And I woke up more on the best side of the bed instead of the worst side of the bed. So step two, man, stand with people that love you unconditionally. I had a quote that I read and I posted the other day. Integrity is standing with people when you don't need them. Versus standing with people when you need them. Find out who those souls are, those people are in your life, and surround yourself with them. It's nothing like it. So number one, I've learned that when I don't isolate myself, I can get out of that dark place. Number two, when I surround myself with people that love me unconditionally, I'm more encouraged. Number three, do something different. Be, be fearless. Do something different. The insanity definition, right? To do something over and over and expect a different result is considered insanity, right? Do something different, right? In my tough times, if I, as I think of one of the toughest times in my life, I've always worked out. So working out wasn't different for me. I've always watched sports. So watching or playing sports, that wasn't different for me. So if I just would have poured myself or working hard, being a great trainer, being a great friend, being a great son. I've always done those things. So sometimes we think we have to do something different that's totally against what we're already doing. Excuse me, let me reword that. Sometimes we think that going to work or going to work out, like those are not different things. They're things that you accelerated before in. Do something different that's totally against something that you've done that's productive and that's right. In my toughest time, as I mentioned, things that I've always done, the things that I start doing in my toughest time is reading. I, I'm not a reader. I, I, I love to listen. But in that moment, I start getting intrigued with reading. And it's a habit that I've picked up since. And I cannot imagine if I didn't pick up that habit, where would I be today? Right. Um, another thing that I did personally, I start seeking counseling. That's real. Right. So I seek counsel in business. For example, I have some great experience in business and I've learned some things and I've read some things. But 
there's always going to be somebody that have more experience than me. And I'm quick to get a business consultant coach because I know the value of it. In that time, I remember getting a consultant and really helped me in a very difficult time. So I would say we'll leave it there and to make it real simple. One, two, and three. You're not alone. Don't isolate yourself. Fight to not be in isolation. Number two, surround yourself with people that love you unconditionally and, and, and be with them. They empower you in ways that you can't even possibly imagine. And number three, um, do something different. Be courageous. Be fearless. Go own it because you can do it. Um, that helped me get back to a place where I wanted to be. That helped me smile. That helped me get more active. That helped me love people harder. And I'm hoping and praying that I can do the same for you. Okay. Guys, girls, that's all that I have today. I enjoy my time with you. I do this every year where I do an end of the year podcast. It's a long form style podcast where I take questions and I get to reflect off a of base of things that you mention and say. I leave you with this as we're getting ready for 2022. Um, my number one goal this year is to seek more wisdom and implement. That's my number one goal seek more wisdom not more money or opportunity or seek more cars or houses or friends i truly believe if i can seek more wisdom everything i just mentioned i will increase in those areas but i want to seek the wisdom and not just seek it and and contain it but implement um i want to find another level of love another level of love that i've never experienced i want to be able to offer it and also accept it and um that's it man i think that's it i want to definitely uh finalize the plans of the two new gems we want to add by 2024 but that's all that i have man i enjoyed my time with you man that was a great 90 minutes of chris and mean green i appreciate everybody i was able to get on live and give me some energy and some questions and listen to what I have to say. If you enjoyed it, I recommend that you share this with someone. We will put this on a digital platform on Apple, Spotify. Um, what else they have out there? Google, whatever you listen to, all those platforms, Breaker, all those uh, podcast platforms. But hey, five star reviewers, if you are listening, let us know what you think about the show. And we have some great shows coming up. We're going to be interviewing a lot of our members at the Mean Green Gyms and Boot Camp. So be on the lookout. Definitely check it out. And again, bless you. God bless you, your family, everything that you touch. Again, everybody that I know, I love you. Can't wait to see what we conquer together in 2022. And uh, y'all take care. Let's go.